When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In your baseball life. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where Wednesday is mug day with $7 Cousin Cocktails. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. As we take you up here until noon, bottom of the hour, David Kaplan coming up. Look forward to catching up with Cappy. Uh, Jed Hoyer uh, was on his program. He spoke with him this morning at 9 o'clock. One of our listeners just um, gave me the answer to your question is how we're going to use the word and yeah. on our T-shirts. Miller and Oh, perfect. Condon, yes, right? yeah. Oh, we'll sell a ton, Trent. <laughs> I wouldn't even say dozens. Yeah, no. I mean, you, you'll take one or two, right? Right, right. I'd get one for Kale. Mm-hmm. I don't think Cindy would wear one. No, Tara um, certainly wouldn't. No, well, well, I got two kids. There you go. There's two. So we're off and running. Except they're coming out of our pocket, so... Oh, no, never. That, that kind of defeats the purpose. This is not exactly it? a money-making scheme we're coming up here. If you missed it at the end of last hour, Ohio State, they are trade have trademarked not the... Are, are. They have. They've been awarded a trademark. All right. Well, we're working on Greg Peterson. If not, uh, you know, we, uh, we're going to talk to David Eichel tomorrow. Um, may, maybe we'll do that because I, I didn't know this yesterday. Apparently, the Iowa media uh, met with the um, – there was a media availability with uh, Fran McCaffrey's team, mm-hmm. which was great. Yep. I mean, especially this time of year, right? I, I wish more schools would do it. <clears throat> You're looking up to uh, Just County. looking a little north, yeah. Um, because why not? Right? Why not? Feed the beast, right? It has it just completely changed. It, it's come full circle since I've been going on the air. Iowa State would bend over backwards. Mm-hmm. Whatever you guys need, whatever you need, we'll, we'll make it work. Iowa, build up a big fence to keep you out. <laughs> yes. They don't want any publicity. They don't want you talking about them. Now, full Full circle. So what did we learn yesterday? I learned Riley Mulvey's a really good interview. He's a really good interview. Kind of a fun guy. Looking, Can he play? <laughs> Well, that's the question. Looking thicker, right, through the shoulders. Yeah. Look like he's going to get a little bigger, and you certainly anticipate here still with, what, five months in front of him before we get to the season, he'll continue to get bigger there. This is a guy that Fran was in on early. And usually with those guys, they're intriguing. You think mm-hmm. of the under-the-radar prospects that he's got that have come in and played very well. Aaron White, obviously a perfect example, yeah. a guy that I think he was ranked like 433rd. No way. At the two, at the 24-7 composite coming out of high school, and what he turned into, an all-Big mm-hmm. Ten player. Those, well, the Murrays, another mm-hmm. great example. Mm-hmm. I've relayed the story many times. When they got their Western Illinois offer, their only <laughs> D1 offer, yeah. a scout told me, it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, 
a bit of a stretch for a bad Summit League team <laughs> for them to go there, and now somebody's going to hear their name called tomorrow night and in the lottery. Fast forward a year, yeah. and the other one will hear his name called. Not sure it'll be a lottery pick, but certainly he's going to have his opportunity. Uh, you One would think uh, to, to play at that level. So Riley Mulvey is intriguing, at least when you look at it at that front. If you believe in the way that Fran has recruited these under-the-radar guys, mm-hmm. he identified them early. This wasn't, hey, we need a big guy, last-minute offer. Then he reclassifies. Should have been in high school last year. And you could see that. Mm-hmm. Played 88 minutes, I think, was the number that he played last year. But there were a couple of glimpses at Late the very the year, least. Right? Yeah. The, it was the Big Ten tournament. He's got size. He's uh-huh. 6'11". He's getting stronger. He is getting bigger. I wonder what kind of player he translates to. Is he more of a Adam Woodbury type where it's about the defense more than anything? He's not a guy that you're going to drop it into the block. by me. Yeah. <laughs> and if he plays certainly defensively at that level, uh-huh. you're in really good shape. I think he has more certainly sideline to sideline quickness mm-hmm. than Woodbury did, but Woodbury was just such a great defender. Both on the ball, on the help side. How good in directing traffic. I was just about to say, you took the words right yeah. out of my mouth. Those that's were what he was. Fran's best mm-hmm. teams by far mm-hmm. when he was out there doing those things defensively and getting, getting his guys in the yes. right spot. If he can turn into that, you're in really good mm-hmm. shape. At this point, can Mulvey give you, if you get 8 to 10 good minutes a game out of him and same out of a Gundelay, is that realistic? 8 to 10 shapes a Gundelay in. He's dropped 25 pounds. Oh, okay. We get now to October talking. and... He has dedicated himself. Yeah. He put the work in. He dropped 25 pounds. Still big. Mm-hmm. Still thick. Right. But he is better. Because there's also been moments with him. What he did against Purdue. Well, he had to. In, in those stretches. Perfect matchup for him. Those are the kind of games that he was able to out there to go. If you can do that. And Robracha, his 26 minutes a game, 24 of them aren't mm-hmm. at the center position. Mm-hmm. 18 of them right. instead are at the center position. I think he got a chance. And you don't have to play Chris at center. He can be on the wing. He can be the kind of player that he Which can be. Which would be really best. beneficial for him mm-hmm. next year. He's not the key. Riley Mulvey is not going to be the difference between this being a tournament no, team and I the think NIT. He plays more. To, back to your original question. I think he plays more than a Gundelay. I think he does. Yeah, probably. And maybe that's why a Gundelay was in the transfer portal. Maybe because he saw Certainly the writing. Lot of, yep, writing was on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, if we go back a year, um, we. As I'm trying to think, we didn't think that there was either one of these, uh, Iowa or Iowa State, right. was a team we'd be talking about for postseason play. Nope. Not a lot, uh, let alone a team who would go on to win a Big Ten tournament and a team in Ames that won two games the year before and then make it to the second weekend. Then win two the in tournament. the tournament. Exactly. Which is just remarkable, right? So I think that, um, Look, we got a football season. I'm certainly not wishing it away by any means. We know that. Right. But You're wishing our summer away. I'm wishing our summer away, right. The hell with June, uh, July, and August. Well, July. You know what? I like August. August is fine. Um, but I think maybe we're underestimating what we're going to see again out of both of these programs. Right. Oh, tournament team. Just start with that baseline for both of them, starting with Iowa. Of the two, I would give them better odds. We'll, we'll open up the kind because we don't game. know about the we don't know about the Iowa State transfers, right? But we didn't last year, and, and look how it turned out. And they turned out really, really good. Now they also had an offensive guy that they could rely on a lot more, and I think mm-hmm. that remains the question. But with did Iowa we State. did we did we know that before the year? I think Brockington was a guy that I, I don't think could carry him the way that he did, mm-hmm. but we knew he was at least a pretty good offensive guy. When, when we were talking, uh, when we were speaking, uh, you know, just BSing or whatever, mm-hmm. did, did it ever come out? Well, Brockington's going to be a leading scorer. 
Where are they where who, where are they going to get their well Brockington? I don't remember doing that. <sighs> yeah, I don't know that if that conversation kind of thinking of it mm-hmm. in those terms. Yeah, if it exactly kind of turned out that way, you're you're right. I don't think we put, kind of put it there, but it felt like they at least they had enough scoring, right? That they were looking at that point, and they were they were in a good spot. I look at this team, and every single one of the transfers, the knock on them, yeah, is right. Maybe not offensively. You know, a guy like Holmes can score. Not a very good shooter. Not a very good shooter. Not a very good. You look at the five transfers, and that's the knock on right. each and every one right. of them. And then you got Gabe Kalsher coming back. What's the knock on Gabe? Yeah, depending on what night you watch him. No, he's not a very good shooter. <laughs> but he had his moments. Well, come on. You, I know. You take I'm 153s, you. you're going to make some. I get you. He's he not a good shooter. He did have his moments. He had, Brooklyn was his coming out party, and he did have some moments. Certainly one in the tournament, one of the two games. I, I agree. I when you're a 27% career That's shooter. That's why A.J. Green was so important to yes. this team next year. Because A.J. Green takes them from not just being a tournament team, but I think a team on the fringes of the top 25. I, I think mm, they would have been maybe. that good. With AJ Green now without it, and the way this roster is constructed, look, can you do it again? Where you're winning and grinding out 54, 51 wins you night know, after night after night. A lot it, of folks don't like that brand. I loved it. I really did. I love the it's commitment. Winning. It's winning exactly, and it's commitment and it's want to playing defense is want to. And you know, even if it doesn't go your way some nights, if the commitment is there, if the effort is there, that gets your attention. That gets your attention. And you and you walk out of Hilton and, yeah, they only scored 54, but the other team scored 48. You will take that Absolutely. every so, time. So um, back to Iowa, as far <laughs> as you think. So you think that they are closer to being a tournament team? I think so. And I think the Chris Murray development and mm-hmm. the anticipation that he's going to make the same kind of jump, maybe not to an All-American level, but certainly to an All-Big Ten level, I think, for Chris Murray this year, if he's that kind of guy. He's second-team All-Big Ten Coupled with the emergence of Tony Perkins, mm-hmm. that goes a long way. Yep. I think Tony Perkins is a guy that can be your point guard at times. He is a talented scorer, mm-hmm. both off the bounce. And if he shoots it more consistently, along with what he can do getting to the rim, I think you have a lot there. Patrick McCaffrey, a guy that really struggled November and December and played his best basketball of his career yep. late in the season. There's another guy that can go out there and get you 12, 14 a game. Mm-hmm. You feel good about that. The pieces like Peyton, Peyton Sanford, talk about... Grown another inch now. He's up to six foot eight. I've got a lot of stock in him. And he can hit the mm-hmm. three ball in a big time way. There are enough pieces here that I think with so, Murray, that's the caveat. Chris has to make right. a big jump. It can't just be a jump. It's got to be a big one. Well, so here's here's Trent where, I, where I'm buying into your theory. And again, not knowing the transfers and, and their game well at Iowa State. I see Stanford. Mm-hmm. I see upside. I see Chris Murray. I see another level. Look at the Iowa State roster. Where's that? Uh, where's that kind of um, gr- not necessarily growing pains from last year, but who takes that next level on this roster that we saw last year? Mm. You know what? You know where I'm going from. Yeah, I mean Sanford, young player, he got a jump. Chris Murray was not hit, first year; he was okay, mm-hmm. but we think he's got a big jump. We saw Patrick McCaffrey's jump. Who on TJ's roster are we missing? That has this jump. Of the returning guys. Of the returning guys. Who is it? Kuntz would be the one that I look at. Okay. If he can be more consistent. Caleb Grill, if they play all the games on the road. Right, right. All right, we're going to set up this year. We're playing 18 on the road in conference play. Not going to happen. I I think he is what he is. Caleb Grills can be a good shooter. Yeah. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. Jazz Kuntz, I think there's more. 
Mm-hmm. I still think there's more to him offensively. What is there more do. to Robert Jones? And we both like his game. We're not being critical of Robert Jones. I but he's, he, not, he's not a scorer. No, not at all. And I think he is what he is. He's your mm-hmm. junkyard dog. He's a yep. guy down in the paint. He's going to play defense. Effort he's going to block guy. shots. Yep. He's going to wear a mustache and intimidate people. Yeah. That's what you're going to get out of Robert Jones. But to expect him to all of a sudden average you know, 11 and 8 this year, I can't see that. Will he have an 11 8 performance? Sure. Mm-hmm. Probably a couple of them, but not consistently that he's going to be able to do that. It comes down to a guy like Trey King, who we've heard about. Yep. Is he a star? Well, and maybe that's the offensive so. guy that you look at, that, that he can be that kind of player. I mentioned a guy like Jeremiah Williams, who. Really talented, athletic, hasn't didn't shoot it well early in his career, but people say he was a good shooter at the high school level. That's another one that you look at it. And what if one of the freshmen come in here? Taman Lipsy, who is so good off the bounce, so strong for a high school player. If he just comes in right way, hey, we're fine at the point guard spot. We don't have to worry. We got Lipsy taking over just like we saw a year ago with Tyrese Hunter. That possibility there. Eli King, another guy that has a lot of buzz. Elite at level yeah. athleticism. But freshman in the Big 12. It's tough. So but he, it can happen, as we saw with Hunter mm-hmm. a year ago. Who do you think is going to lead Iowa in scoring? Chris Murray. I agree with you. And it doesn't even, you don't even think twice, no. right? He's like a minus 400 favorite. Right. Do the same for Iowa State. Your leading scorer. Tough. It's tough. Is Jaron Holmes. I'm is go- it? I'm going Jaron Holmes. That would be my betting favorite. But yeah, and you're getting plus money? Oh, yeah. On everybody. On everybody, yeah. Because this is definitely a roll of the dice. He'd be the guy I'd probably put, though, at the top of the list. So Holmes last year, uh, looking at his stat log over at ESPN at St. Bonaventure, he averaged 13.5 points, 13.8 the year before. Pretty good St. Bonaventure team, too, the last couple of mm-hmm. seasons. So that would be the one that I would put at. But here's the shooting. 27% from three last year. As a freshman, though, dude shoot at 38%. What did Kelsher as a freshman? <laughs> I think he was better. I, I, I told you. Freshman the, year at Minnesota, Trent, I, I thought they've got something here, and it, it obviously didn't pan out. What I tried he, to tell you because he was did. not a good shooter in high school. I know. He shot 41% as a freshman, 34% as a sophomore, yeah. 24% as a junior, and 23% last year in Iowa he, State. He, but we, he's got it. He can do it. He has it's been. been a while since he's done it. Yes. That's the outlier there. Mm-hmm. That is the outlier that you see that freshman campaign as he hit 77 three-pointers in his freshman year. 77 of 188. I know. Last year, 40 of 170. Watched a ton of Minnesota basketball. Thought they really had something. Because, I mean, his, his defensive game was there mm-hmm. at time anyway, at um, watching him. Okay, good stuff. Um, but back to, back to the press conference yesterday. Do you read anything, anything other than um, come out of it? I mean, there's no injuries that they're hoping to get back in time for training camp. Mm-hmm. Was it that type of thing? I mean, I didn't, I didn't see anything. You know, the, the freshmen weren't there, so we didn't get to hear from DeSante Bowen or from Josh Dix. That's another one you wonder about Dix after that devastating injury that he had. Sounds he like can't he's possibly be, be ready. Can well, he? they say they think he's going to be ready by October to start up practice then. Now, how long of a lead-up is it going to take? Where is he going to be by the time they get to November? Mm-hmm. Bowen is intriguing, though. This is a point guard that... Fran, another one that he identified early. Well, didn't doesn't Chris Monter love him? Yeah. Didn't he say that? We yeah. had him two weeks ago. Monter really likes him. Uh-huh. 6'3", can get to the rim, has some shooting. But, but watching his highlight tape and played at Brewster Academy, like one of those Northeast yeah. you know, prep schools up there. It's just such a weird environment. I mean, watching high school basketball, even in our state, 
And then watching these prep schools where there's like 12 people there. I mean, it's not even <laughs> friends and family because for a lot of these guys, they're not home. They're right. off playing on their yeah. own. And, and because of that, it's not friends and family. It's a couple of kids that might happen to go to the game and that's mm-hmm. it. It's just, it's such a weird environment when you watch a highlight tape for somebody like that. He's good. He, I will still wait and see. Is he the point guard right away or is it Ulysses? Or do they go with my idea and just hand the keys to Tony Perkins? Perkins? I don't know. It'll probably be Ulysses to start. Probably so. Probably so. I just don't think you'd do that right off the jump, can you? No. How long did it take? Well, it's a little bit different, too, with Gasell and Clemens because there was two, right, the two point cards coming right. together. And depending on what night you watched them, you thought mm-hmm. that one of them was going to take it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of play that role. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Friends... He's got some decisions to make on what he's going to do there because I think the pl- paces are there, and he's shown. What is it now? Eight NCAA tournaments the last 10 years. Of course, they would have been in 2020, coupling that. Dr. Tom Davis never had a run like that. No. Nope. He never had eight tournaments in 10 years. Never in his career during his 13-year run. Loot never had that. Now, but he's still got the albatross. The highest of highs are still there with those yeah. guys in comparison, but hanging around his neck is getting to the second yep. weekend. It was right there for the taking this year. Oh, God. I was looking, uh, I was cleaning up the DVR while the wife was away one night, and I was just sitting there. The How Iowa much Richmond space game. did you have left? Oh, still like 60%. Oh, you're oh, gold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, we're in good shape, but I was just skimming through a couple of things, and I see that game, and I kept it there. I haven't had... Why are you saving it? <sighs> I want, what happened? Leading up, Richmond yeah, I stunk. Know. I know. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. How do you lose... That game. Head scratcher, my friend. Head scratcher. We'll get a timeout. We'll come back. We'll head to Chicago. David Kaplan is coming up. Look forward to catching up with Cappy again. He spoke with Jed Hoyer on his radio program uh, at 9 o'clock this morning. So it'll be fresh in Cappy's mind. We'll pick his brain on what uh, Hoyer had to share with Cap. But right now, time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, a pop-up box will appear. When it does, enter the word pay. Pay at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Pay at KXNO.com. Cappy joins us next. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cappy, it's Miller and mm, uh-huh. yes, yeah. Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive. While Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you. Your side. The Grumpy Goat Tavern provides a rustic, comfortable atmosphere with reclaimed barnwood, sleek modern finishes, and a one-of-a-kind environment that you have to see to believe. Featuring a fresh menu, friendly neighborhood service, 50-tap beers, and sports. The Grumpy Goat Tavern is the place to be for any occasion. Catch all of the games all summer long at the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and one on First Street in Ankeny. Grumpy Goat is more than just a restaurant. It's local. It's for you. It's your tavern. Media. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. 
Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on video. Local farmers markets are back in 2022 in your community. Eat fresh and buy local at the Bondurant Farmers Market with produce, baked goods, crafts, and more. Visit the market from 6 to 8 p.m. on Wednesdays through October 5th at the City Park. For more information on this Greater Des Moines event and others, visit CatchDesMoines.com. This Farmer's Market PSA is brought to you by NCMIC and iHeartMeet. Court and Walnut. Continues on here is David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa's weekly appearance. Cappy joins us as we've been. Cap, as always, thank you for doing this for us, first and foremost. Um, I know you had Jed Hoyer. At least you were supposed to have Jed Hoyer. I'm assuming that interview came off. Can't wait to hear how it goes or how it went, Cap, because I know you were fired up uh, in advance of having him on. Yeah, good to be with you as always. You know, I always love being on with you guys. Um, Look, Jed was really good. Jed was really forthright. He really was. He, we asked him, I think, every possible tough question you could ask a guy. And I thought he handled it very well. I asked him why Jason Hayward plays. In my opinion, Jed, when you are in a bad season, at the end of the year, the one thing you better know, what's in your organization and what's on your roster. And that means playing young guys, even if they – maybe don't perform quite at the level a veteran would. Jason Hayward has a sunk cost in his contract. It's guaranteed. There's no way he should be playing as much. And Jeb finally said, you're right. <laughs> so thought that was progress. And then he also admitted when I asked him, okay, Jed, after 2018, your boss at the time, and you sat up on that podium with him, Theo Epstein said, quote, our offense is broken. And your guy's answer to that was signing – Daniel Descalso. That's it. That's all you did. Do you look back now and should have traded away some of the core guys? And he said, yes. Hmm. 18 games so. under 500 cap. It, it has been ugly. So what else came up in the conversation? Uh, certainly you were ready to go. I know you're fired up to have the opportunity. Give us a couple other highlights so we can go back and, and spots we should look at as we podcast it and, and listen here later today. Uh, you know, we tried to pin him down on a timetable, and he would not be pinned down on a timetable. Uh, he did say, which I thought was progress for Cubs fans, I've never worried about the money. Because I said the perception is your boss, Tom Ricketts, the owner, the chairman, is cheap. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, Jed, I've been told by people in the know in the game that you actually have a lot of money in your budget for 2022 that you did not spend. A, is that accurate? And B, can you then roll that money over to next year so that if Tom says, here's X, you can add Y to it? And he said, look, I'm not going to tip my hand, but yes, 
we do have money left in our budget, and money will never be an issue. And he said, and I know what you're going to ask, we're going to spend like a big market club should. Mm-hmm. It will never be an issue. And they were top two or three for three straight years. So if that's he's on the record saying that, then I would assume that's going to happen. Uh, I'm sure you brought up Wilson Contreras, Cap. I know that that's, uh, that's been one of uh, your pet peeves, the fact that they have not signed him. Apparently they have not spoken with him. What did you learn in that uh, uh, along the Wilson Contreras line? He's gone. There's, there's no chance he's coming back in. He's gone. It's just a fact. I was told privately by someone else that, look, they, they love Wilson as a player, but they're not going to be contending to win the World Series next year. And they feel like the haul they'll get back for a guy who's going to start his third All-Star game in four years, mm-hmm. they just believe it's a better thing for them going forward to add some impact talent and put that talent into their system than to sign Wilson for whatever amount of money that would be. I'm guessing five for 100 would get it done. They're not going to do that. And that. I just don't see any scenario. And Cap, he's got at the trade deadline, or he doesn't make it through the year, does he? No, because then they would lose him for nothing. For sure. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. He is gone at, if not at Sooner. the deadline, he's gone before the All-Star yeah. game, which could be a really uncomfortable position. Because you might see Wilson Contreras, and now the starting catcher for the National League from the New York Yankees playing for the National League, Wilson Contreras. That could happen. That one's definitely a scary one. What about guys like Ian Happ? What what kind of return can he get there? Marcus Stroman, very quickly change. Or going to Professor Kyle Hendricks. Are these guys that maybe you'll get a couple of... And prospects in the 10 to 15 range in whatever organization. What kind of haul do, would you think you would get for those kind of veterans? Uh, I don't think you'd get what you think you're going to get. You might get a little more for Hendricks. Stroman's on the injured list. He had COVID, so nobody's going to hold that against him. But now he's on the injured list with shoulder tendonitis. You're not going to get – I mean, you're asking someone to take $50 million plus left on the deal, and you want good prospects? Why didn't that team – just signed Marcus Stroman in last winter. So I don't see him bringing you much of a uh, big return. You know, flyers, lottery tickets in Class A, maybe. uh, But I don't think he's getting moved because he's not healthy. Kyle Hendricks, I mean, somebody's got to pitch for this team. right? So you have him on a team-friendly deal. It's not like you're trying to move a ton of money. So maybe he gets moved, maybe, but I would be surprised. Um there's not a lot to trade here. Like Ian Happ, okay, Ian Happ is the second leading hitter in the month of June at Major League Baseball behind Andrew Vaughn as of like two days ago when I checked. So what are you getting for Ian Happ? He's not going to be a huge home run hitter. He's not going to be a guy who leads off and hits, you know, 320 for you with a 400 on base. He's not a gold glove defender. I love him, and I think you need guys like that to win. But what are you expecting to get back for Ian Happ? So could he be in a deal? Certainly. But if you truly look, other than Wilson Contreras, who on that team do you go, wow, we've got some assets to trade? You do not. I'll argue with you if you think you do. Well, it's funny because Trent and I kind of had this discussion to start the show this morning when he asked me how much longer I'm going to continue to watch uh, this team because they, even though we're in Des Moines, they do move the needle like no other baseball team uh, in central Iowa. We looked at that the, the starting nine from last night, Cap. We think Morrell's going to be there in two years. 
But Contreras, Hap, Wisdom, Ortega, Horner, uh, VR, Hayward, Simmons, Rivas, none of those guys are going to be a part of this roster, are they? Nico, Nico Horner might be. Maybe? Okay. Be. Yeah. Um, you know, Nick Madrigal's on the injured list. They still have hope that he'll be their second baseman. Okay, maybe. Maybe. He's certainly not going to be, you know, a guy who hits 25 home runs and drives in 90 and hits 345. I mean, that's not some impact, unbelievable bat. Solid player, maybe, if he's healthy, maybe. Um, but you're right. Rivas, no. Wisdom, no. Schwindel, no. I mean, what are we doing here? So I know they like their lower level of their system. I'm going to go out to South Bend later in this in the month of July, and I'm going to do a feature on Pete Crow Armstrong. I'm going to talk to their owner, and I think – there are some pieces there. But that's South Bend. That's a long way from coming up here and making an impact at Wrigley. And let's assume that they do have a ton of money to spend. And let's assume it's Trey Turner, it's Aaron Judge. Pick the, the wow. name, Xander Bogarts, whoever. Okay, if you drop Aaron Judge, who I would love to see them sign, if you drop him in the left field and Suzuki is healthy, that's the one that I do think he's going to be a really good player when he's healthy, Suzuki and Wright. Is Brennan Davis back from back surgery, ready to go? Mm. I, don't, I can't answer that for you. Um, who's playing third? Who is your long-term answer at shortstop? Ed Howard just had hip surgery. He's done for the year. Oh my. I, don't, I can't answer that one. So if you sign Trey Turner, okay, so you put a flea in there who's a good hitter, good player. He's not putting you back in the playoffs. And then the big question is, who's pitching for this team? Got a long, long ways to go. It's a, a scary rebuild, and certainly I don't think many fans thought we'd be at this point in 2022, yet here we are. Cappy, I want to change directions here a little bit, and it might be a little tricky as your employer, NBC Sports Chicago, but their deal with the big three on the network, the Bulls, Blackhawks, and White Sox, coming to an end in the fall of 2024. It's on the horizon, and Jerry Reinsdorf has made it known there's a possibility, maybe, he would go off and form his own network with obviously the two teams that he owns with the Bulls and the White Sox. So have you heard anything and looking at the landscape along with also it being your employer, just your thoughts on a changing demographic and obviously what we see today here with the marquee network. Yeah, we haven't been told anything. I know that my bosses like carrying those three teams. I know the partnership's a strong partnership. I, I would be surprised if there aren't discussions about extending it, but I, you're, that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> I have no idea. Plus, everything is you know, going the way of streaming, so I'm sure there'll be some type of a streaming deal uh, that will go into play for a lot of these teams all over baseball. That's uh, what they're going to do, and, and the other sports as well. Cap, let's go to the south side where the uh, White Sox, uh, another good win against uh, a good Toronto team uh, and a really good Toronto offense that Dylan Cease made look average at best. I mean, I honestly, I felt bad for Springer in the batter's box. He was completely lost, and as you know, this is a good player. This Dylan Cease, uh, Cap, what's he doing differently? Why all of a sudden now does he look like the guy that you know some people thought he was going to be? I mean, 11 strikeouts, 18 outs in the game, 11 of them via strikeout. My gosh, he's good. Yeah, because he's now trusting his stuff. He was a nibbler a year ago, one of their coaches was telling us yesterday i was at the ballpark to do my tv show he said year two years ago 
All this guy did was nibble. And we're like, dude, you throw 99 to 101 with a filthy breaking ball. Great, great slider. What are you doing? These guys can't hit you. Well, he's trusting his fastball. His command has been better. And all of a sudden, you're realizing how talented this guy really is. And every time he pitches, Cubs fans like me throw up that we gave him and Jimenez up for Quintana. Seriously, that was about as dumb a trade in my lifetime. Who's the bigger contender? Who are you scared of more from a White Sox perspective? The Guardians or the Twins as they sit uh, at the top right now tied as we go into Wednesday night? That's a really good question because they're both really good teams. I think they're both well managed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think the White Sox are going to win that division. I do. Uh, they've got to stay healthy. They've got to get Hendricks back. They've got to add to their bullpen. You know, like somebody was just texting me before you guys called a buddy of mine. He's like, What is Tony doing bringing in whoever the reliever was he brought in? I said, And who would you like him to use? They're like, Well, why wasn't Aaron Bummer used? Uh, he's on the injured list. Uh, what about Joe Kelly? He pitched the night before. They're bringing him back from an injury. He can't go two days in a row. And by the way, all the people out there going, why doesn't Joe Kelly close while he's gone? Joe Kelly had seven career saves prior to two nights ago, gave up a two-run homer and extricated himself at the end for his eighth career save. He's in his mid to late 30s. There's a reason Joe Kelly with that stuff has never been able to be a closer. Some guys are not built for it. It's just a fact. It's, you could say it's the same thing, same hitters. There's something different about getting the ball in the ninth and having to close the game down. And that's not who that guy is. Great for seventh and eighth inning, not so great for the ninth inning. So all of a sudden, you know, Tony's looking down at his bullpen going, wait, hold on a second. I got to use who? Oh, God. Okay, get him up. Let's go. Whether that's Jimmy Lambert or He's not here now. Bennett Souza, who they sent back down, or Tanner Banks, or all these different guys that people don't want to see pitch. That's the lack of quality relief pitching in baseball. Cap, uh, if the Cubs would have been, I mean, even had a pulse, flirting around 500, would you have gone out of your way to make it to the Field of Dreams for Reds Cubs this year? Um, maybe, maybe. Um, the Field of Dreams, I think, is going to be really, really cool. If the Cubs were in first and they were like the 2015, 16, 17, 18 Cubs, mm-hmm. yes. 500 against a lousy Reds ball club who may end up passing my team. They will. Probably probably <laughs> not. Yeah. No, I think they will. The Cubs are going to finish last in that division, don't you think? Probably right. Probably right. And they're going to be in the lottery to see if they can get the number one pick, which would be – a great thing for them if they can do it. And then they got to hope that there's, you know, how many times do we see the number one pick? And we're like, well, who is it? Right. You know, it's not Ken Griffey or LeBron James or Shaquille O'Neal. Like, occasionally there's that one guy that's sitting there. But it's not always like that. Has it been salt in the wound watching these Pirates the last couple of nights just put it to the uh, – I mean, baseball's a funny game, right? They go into they go into the weekend on, a, what, a 14-game losing streak. Here come the our 10-game losing streak. Braves had won 14, and they take two of three. Then they go to Pittsburgh, a team that they should 
compete with. Here's the thing, Cap. Was it salt in the wound watching O'Neill Cruz and that other youngster, the uh, the right fielder, getting his opportunity for the first time? I mean, this O'Neill Cruz, I think he's he's going to be appointment. Got a chance to be appointment TV. Uh, two young players in the Pirates organization. Cubs seem far, far, far away from that. Yeah, why why should you be able to outspend someone by almost three to one in dollars to dollars? Right now, I think it's maybe two to one. And they're kicking your you-know-what? Why? That's what I don't understand. And, again, I've told you a million times that I despise the St. Louis Cardinals. Probably a big reason why I think I hate John Hamm, the actor. He's a Cardinal fan. He's a jerk in movies. And that Cardinal thing gets under my skin. But Yeah, but Flo's got him wrapped around her pinky. Yeah, no question. <laughs> but he was a jerk in Richard Jewell and in uh, – Maverick Top Gun, which, by the way, is an awesome movie. Go see it. Um, but the thing is, the Cardinals, since the day Tom Ricketts and his family took over, October 30, 2009, the Cardinals have been under 500 exactly zero times. Wild. Chicago Cubs this year will be their seventh time. Mm. That's world. a joke. Yeah, it is. Get you out on this, Cap. The Bulls uh, will be selecting, at least currently at 18. A lot of buzz that maybe they're going to be looking to move out of that spot at 18. Anybody draw your eye? Anybody that excites you in this draft if they are in that 18th spot? Uh, if Mark Williams, the big seven-foot mm, Duke. project, yeah. Duke is there, I would certainly be interested yeah. in him as a potential rim protector, definitely. Uh, is there a shooter there? There's a kid from St. John's, I think, that might be available. There's a handful. Is EJ Liddell going to be available? There's a handful of pretty good players, but not guys that are going to make an instant, immediate, oh-my-God impact. That's why I think they're going to trade out of that pick, and I think they're going to try and make a deal, whether that's Rudy Gobert or somebody else, DeAndre Ayton in a sign-and-trade. They're going to do something bold. That's the way AK and Mark Eversley operate. David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports, Chicago, where you can watch him every night at uh, 6 o'clock unfiltered. Cap, thank you, bud. You too. You're the man. Take care. I look forward to next week. Talk to you then. David Kaplan joining us as uh, we go inside Chicago sports. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible for us to do that. CenturionStoneofIowa.com. If you're looking for manufacturer, natural stone, or those type of products, interior, exterior, any project, any size, CenturionStoneofIowa.com. Check them out online or in the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Circus Sports, Trent's play of the day. It's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 VA.com. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Altoona.
The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Circa sponsors Trent's Play of the Day. Baseball, game four tonight, Tampa Bay, Colorado, and Tampa Bay, Colorado leads the series 2-1. to one. Uh, Kemper will get the start back in goal for Colorado. Which isn't necessarily great news <laughs> if you're betting Colorado. We have a bunch of futures on them. Um, here's here's my take on it. Yeah. We'll see if it comes to fruition before we get your plays. We saw Tampa Bay get embarrassed in Game 2. They stuck it to them in Game 3. Colorado got embarrassed in Game 3. Do they get them tonight? What are you playing? Are you going to take that game? I am not. I'm just uh, maintaining my Colorado in 6 ticket. I'm not going to play off it at all. Went to the well in Game 2, didn't come up very well. So I'm going to stay away from the hockey tonight. Do have three baseball plays, one this afternoon. Rangers at home for the Phillies. I'm going to lay the one and a half. Go run line here with Philadelphia, plus 125 in that matchup. Philadelphia looking in, in really good shape, playing good baseball as they continue. I'll play one college baseball game. I'll play the night game tonight. Give me Ole Miss, minus 115 against Arkansas. Razorbacks have swung it well. Something about this Ole Miss team, though, really injured throughout the course of the season. I think they're playing their best baseball. Two more tonight in baseball. Dodgers are only minus 140 against Castilla and the Reds. Almost a little bit scary, but I'm going to lay it here with the Dodgers. Minus the 140. Give me the Guardians tonight. Impressed what I saw again last night out of them. Plus 140. And they have McKenzie on the mound. This dude, 6'5". Listed at 160, he's about 130 pounds. He is rail thin, but he has been really, really good this year. So I go with the Guardians to wrap things up. It has to be up. Sonny Gray's turn for Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. He's been good in his own yeah, room. Not bad. When he's been healthy. All right, you've got a game tonight. You will be at Principal Park, and you can hear that game here at Southeast Polk and Dowling Game 2. Game 2 of the doubleheader, 7 o'clock. We'll take the air from Principal Park, myself and Rush Niggett. Good night for baseball. A hot evening, and we'll have the action here on KX. Well, tell Rush to get there a little bit earlier so you can figure out how we can trademark and. I'll guess. Um, I don't think that'll go well. Probably not. I'm not going to come in tomorrow morning with good news for us. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. The good news is Murph and Andy are an hour and five minutes away. The Fanatics at 3, Hawk Central tonight at 6 o'clock. Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXN.